Welcome to Binge Theory, the coolest corner on the internet. I am Julian, and with me today we have Logan. Hello. And we have Eric. Hello. And this is the second episode of Mandalorian Season 2. We're going to do this entire series week by week. We hope you enjoy it. We love this series so much that we decided just to dedicate an entire um, episodic review of it. Um, gentlemen, let me dive in first. Uh, we're going to do basically a, a little description of what we like to the pros and, and the cons and all that stuff. And then later on, we will give you a warning when we start to talk about spoiler events. So buckle up because we're, we're going into Mandalorian discussion. Um, this one is chapter 10 and it's titled the passenger. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you right off the bat, I liked it. And as Logan said in last um, week's episode, there were a lot of combinations of other episodes and they kind of just bring them back in different orders and different characters. Uh, but I also saw some new uh, things, N not new in the sense of I've never seen it before, but new in the sense of this series. Um, there, there were some items that they brought up, um, all, you know, without this is not um, totally spoilery, but it's just some of the creatures they had. I'd seen that entire thing before, and I really dug how they, they did that. Um, uh, and, and, and Logan, I think we were talking um, earlier, and mm -hmm. you had said that this, you know, you know I, I, I want to get your thoughts on that, because you, you made, made an observation in regards to, I guess, where this would fit in the overall story arc of this season. Uh, I'll let you take it away, sir. I mean, it was, a, again, there, there hasn't been an episode in this series that hasn't been well done. So at, at the very least, you're looking at, you know, 40 to 50 minutes of enjoyable time watching, watching the show. But my, I think my concern with episode two of season two is that it felt tremendously like a filler episode. And I, one, don't know why, would know why an eight episode season needs a filler episode. You know, if you've got 22, 26 episodes, sure, you can throw some fillers in there. Okay, great. Um, you know, but you're not, you're not reintroducing any characters. You don't need to really go through and, you know, show the history of a planet that you need to spend time on. Like, I'm, I'm a little kind of confused about why, why this episode was so important enough to kind of include in the season. Um because uh, I guess I'm just trying to, yeah, trying to figure out why. There were no, I didn't see any major, you know, character developments or, or you know, changes or, or anything that would make me uh, go like, oh, okay, we're, we're showing this kind of a thing. Um, I don't see it. So while it was enjoyable, um, and I'm slightly horrified by the ease with which they showed the child eating a sentient being's children, um, that, 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 uh, uh, troubled me after the episode. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't, uh, don't quite get how or why it fits in the whole grand scheme yet. Uh, yeah, if I could just dovetail on that, you're right. This did seem to be, um, for, and, and maybe I'm missing the, the grand scheme of things, what the force is willing, if you, if, if you will. Uh, I didn't see how it was impactful to the overall story. Don't get me wrong, it does address the MacGuffin aspect of it, kind of, but the, the entire episodic thing of it was just, here's some stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. And we can go into details in the spoiler. Uh, Eric, Eric, what did you think of this one, a ranking in the, in the episodes we've all seen so far? Yeah, um, I, I do kind of agree with you guys. I did feel like it was a bit of a, bit of a spoiler episode or not a spoiler episode, but a, a filler ex episode, excuse me. Well, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, I really liked, uh, I liked the, the action. There was a fair amount of action in it. Um, 
but no, there's there wasn't really a lot of uh, character development. Um, we got to see, you know, the the child do a little bit more of the things that that he does. Um, but no, nothing really over overly amazing. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite episode. To your point and Logan's point about uh, let's just say the baby's eating habits. Uh, <laughs> they, they, I mean, remember um, back when um, I forget the chapters. So forgive me, you know, Star Wars fans. The the one where um, they went to fight the ATSD and the uh, I think, but yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Baby Yoda was eating the frogs, and mm -hmm. all the little village kids were like, ooh, and the baby hesitated. So I thought they were going to do a turn where, like, Baby Yoda doesn't just eat anything that's not, you know, strapped down. But they kind of just forgot about that and went right back to Baby Yoda just likes to eat. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and, and that was the thing. I will say, though, uh, Baby Yoda aside, one of the things that I did love, because I, I want to, you know, do a general, uh, you know, praise and... and 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 just observation of this this had some amazing uh effects in the flights uh the flight and the um and I, I we can talk about who he was flying kind of against but they had a great um aeronautics kind of a, a feel to it um and just the background and, and and i loved for especially for a series i mean i know effects are you know becoming better and better each year with software yeah. development and things like that, and what Logan was telling us about uh, last week, where they were you just using this uh, ridiculous amount of uh, digital technology mm -hmm. for screen background things like that, I love it. And this had probably been short of a actual Star Wars movie, some of the best vi visuals in the air in regards to dog fighting that I had ever seen. Yeah. Um, and, and I just want to give props that for a series, I thought I thought it was phenomenal. Just the, the banking and the background and the air, air maneuvers, I just thought mm -hmm. was really, really um, uh, on, a, on a new level that I think a lot of other um, sci-fi shows will be trying to live up to. But, and, and, but then the, um, let's just say the creatures were a little 10 years ago for my taste. It, 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 and, and I was, it's, and you know what, um, guys, let me, Go ahead and give me anything else you got, because I'm I'm kind of itching to go into spoilers and get get some uh, details that I I found interesting and or distracting in in this episode. So, uh, Eric, Eric, did you have any any other things that you um, in general that you liked or disliked about this episode? Or I I mean I I, I hate to just keep saying I agree yeah. with <laughs> with what you guys are saying, but no, the flight um, the how realistic that uh his his ship looked next to the clouds and the way it moved i mean that was just fantastic you know so yeah that they're really knocking it out of the park with with the effects uh when they use them you know and uh i'm a, I'm a big fan of that when um when you need to use effects make them good and if you don't need them don't use them at all you know um it's good balance yeah yeah uh yeah I, I don't know that that's i don't really have anything else to add <laughs> no no that's a good, a good uh overview of it and, mm -hmm. and logan what your your thoughts Jerome? yeah i mean again it's it's movie quality effects there's no question there and to see that on a weekly tv show is awesome um I think the only other thing that I found interesting in the particular episode was um, when the the, the frog-like creature um, hacked the robot so she could communicate, and she seemed to be the one who reminded him that you're a Mandalorian. Why are you just kind of you know sitting here going to sleep while it's you know cold and everybody's dying? Like you made a promise, keep your promise. So so now we're going into kind of just spoilers. Let's let's. No, see. that's that's just what she said in the show. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, um, yeah, uh, this episode. I yeah, mean, this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, um, I, I, I just you know. We, we might as well just go into, you know, the discussion of, you know, the actual scenes. If that, that's cool. Is everybody ready? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, proceed. I just, 
didn't know if we wanted to be vague, but I did like that scene. I, and I like where you're going. I just wanted to warn people that these are a description of scenes. So yes, um, now, now we're getting into to I guess the 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 nitty gritty details of the show. <laughs> yes, the details. So um, right now you are seeing a spoiler logo popping up on the screen. It's probably right there, right there. You see that? So spoiler, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Maybe I'll add a klaxon, you know, uh, sound effect too. There you go. We'll, we'll figure out what the uh, the Death Star's red alert is. It, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sorry. Proceed, Logan. Um, no, no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I was just, and and it wasn't anything more than that. But I was just intrigued that it seemed like they were trying to portray some sort of him, maybe, you know, forgetting his his. I don't know, his creed, his, his promises, his, you know, unshakable kind of, this is just, you know, the way or how it is, however you want to put it. Um, and it just seemed almost at a place for her to have to remind him of that, um, to go so far out of the way. And I just, I don't know, I wonder if that has anything, you know, potentially uh, ripple effects of either what's to come or things in the future. I would say that I found it a little, and again, uh, I, I agree, this entire episode didn't really have any impact that I saw. It was, you know, filler. It, there, there was not a lot of ground covered, literally. Uh, and uh, the, the fact, um, and again, just, you know, for some context, um, he had to take a, um, a, in what I call gecko woman, you know, <laughs> to, to a, uh, to a location uh, to find other Mandalorians. She apparently speaks a language he doesn't speak, so she hotwires a kill bot to translate for her. That seemed a roundabout way to have a communication when he could have just spoke the language to begin with. I mean, he speaks Jawa. That's been it. No, he speaks, yeah, he speaks Jawa and um, Sand uh, uh, Tuscan. So mm -hmm. wh why, why even go through that whole process of hotwiring a machine and having her uh, having her, again, yeah, remind him of his oath. He knows his oath. We all know his oath. He's been doing it the entire thing. And, and, and again, you know, because the hall was breached and, and literally, I don't know, I don't know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, rocket science. <laughs> so I don't know how you can just, you know, weld together a ship after it crashes through the ice and looks yeah. like it's totally demolished and just take off. But I guess that's Star Wars engineering, you know, it's built to last. And and she's like, come on, get us out of here. And he's like, lady, I just, I just crashed my ship. Yeah. You know, what, what, what do you want me to do? And um, so, but yeah, the fact that she said, well, you're not trying, you're supposed to be Mandalorian. From what I know about you Mandalorians, I was like, don't, don't, don't get to explain to me. I know my own creed. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, and to your point, Logan, about the, the, Baby Yoda just throwing back eggs like M&Ms. I'm just like, what? That is yeah, horrifying. Those are sentient living creatures that he's just eating. Like, and, and <laughs> I was a little thrown that she didn't realize that these, you know, that her, her bloodline was slowly just... Because <laughs> remember, she's got, she had like what looked to be about like 10 or 12 eggs in there. Yeah. And they're just slowly disappearing, and she's not like freaking out. Like, hey, I had eighteen kids in here. Now, yeah, now you would think she would have a count, right? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, and he's just going in there like they're deviled eggs, and just you know throwing them back. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm wondering too if that's actually going to be a, a thing too, where it may be with you know, yes, he's he's. I don't know, protecting the child, but he's not really caring for the child. So, yeah. you know, is that going to be something that comes up later in the season where, you know, he's just, he's not fully providing. So, you know, somebody else who has more malicious intent, but, you know, actually feeds him and gives him water to drink, you know, he wants to go with them because he's getting fed. And is it a whole parenting type thing? Like, I have no idea, but it seems obviously being highlighted for some reason. Well, it may be Gina Carano will, when she shows up, she'll be, and again, that's completely sexist thing to say. She'll be the mother. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm just saying because she had a, an affinity for Yoda, and mm -hmm. and I know Carl Weathers isn't going to be a good caretaker, 
So because you know, we could teach him to box. It, exactly. It, it just stay away from the Russians. And um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, and but well, but you know, the most motherly one was the um, uh, the, the mechanic. The mechanic, exactly, uh, played by Amy Sedaris. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like you know her taking care of him and. Oh, nothing like some dragon barbecue. Wasn't that something? Yeah. You know, it, and uh, now, and tell me this, because I swear that cantina looked like the one in Los Eisley, um, the Los Eisley spaceport. I mean, the they had like the robot. Most likely. Most, most likely. Thank you. Most. Yeah. Most likely. I'm thinking. We're gonna of, get some comments. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Los Angeles. Yes, most yeah. likely. <laughs> Exactly, but didn't it look like that? I mean, even the, mm -hmm. uh, the little uh, where she was sitting playing cards, that looked very similar to where Han Solo and Guido were. And, and, uh, and also the bartender bot looked very familiar, but I'm not sure if I'm just conflating that with some of the other bots I've seen. But that place looked very... It did look very familiar, yeah. yeah. It's possible that that mandible creature was in somewhere in, in the original Star Wars. I don't I, know. I, that I don't, looked really familiar. Hmm. You know what looked you know what looked familiar was the eyes. Because I know in episode yeah. four they did have one of those. It almost looked like kind of a uh, a a V head shape alien with kind of those chrysalis eyes. That looked familiar, but the whole you know, ant body. Yeah. That yeah. And again, I I'll, I'll I'll look it up online and see if I can find some comparisons. But let me just let me just go back to Baby Yoda just a, yeah. just a little bit or the child. Um, so I watched these episodes with my fiance, and she has a very uh, different experience with the child. You know, she she is it for her. It's all about um, you know the Baby Yoda show. <laughs> featuring Mandalorian, right? Yeah. And so she's got all these all these things that that she thinks about. She's like, "Oh, well surely the Mandalorian's changing Baby Yoda's diapers, you know, and and uh and uh, I love how he he takes care of Baby Yoda and oh, and he should put goggles on Baby Yoda when he's on the when he's on the speeder and wow. oh my gosh, he's so cute, you know, like just uh, she just eats it up like it is going out of style, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure marketing didn't so see that coming. Very different experience for her watching these episodes. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, I find uh, Yoda very cute, um, but I thought that these wild uh, eating habits, <laughs> I feel like they bring Yoda back to where he should be which is not human, you know, and he is a wild little creature and he, hmm. you know, just like a little puppy will stick their nose anywhere and they'll eat anything. Uh, baby Yoda will do yeah. the same, you know? Um, but, now, so. but to be fair, isn't this Yoda like 40 years old? You know, 50. <laughs> 50. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I mean, he's an old, he's yeah. like Benjamin Button. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's an old, that's a, a baby, old man baby, but, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I, it, it, that, that is interesting. I mean, culturally, uh, you, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different species, um, obviously sentient though, and, you know, and, and, and more mm -hmm. strong. So it is interesting how they interact and, and again, you know, we'll just call them humanoid values. Mm-hmm. Or Homo sapien values, I guess is a better way to put it, may not translate to other other beings. Yeah, because them to them, an egg is an egg. You know, you know, finders keepers. It's it's not, you know, they're yeah. not. Um, it's not a uh, a a moral question. It's just, hey, it's protein. But right. again, yeah, I could, I could actually see where that could be. You know, um, unsettling to to people. It's you know because it is a very uh, obvious thing. Now, I want to put this out there, and, and Logan, tell me if I'm, I'm off base on this. Okay. She was taking the eggs to her husband on the um, estuary moon of Task. Mm -hmm. Correct. Task. See, Trask. look at that. Look at that. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote all this stuff down. <laughs> so perhaps those eggs, just like you get at the supermarket, had not yet been fertilized because I think she might have been taking them to him. Right. To and I think that's fair, yeah. Yes, yeah, so th these could be just grade A 
eggs, you know, a dozen, you know, uh, and Baby Yoda was just, you know, getting some omelets. But again, I, 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 I'll listen back to it because I think that's what she'd said, that she was taking it to her husband to get, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. No, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to the, um, the flight choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first of all, it, calling back to Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City, I got those kind of feels. When the two X-Wings pull up to them and they're basically, you know, doing some, you know, give us your, give us your ID. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I think that's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have that. I'm pre. I'm pre-imperial. So uh, yeah, I don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, we'll wait. And then, and then when he just drops out of the sky to evade, and then they're like, "We got a runner." And and just that, you know, the banking and and like you're saying, Eric, the just the you know the hiding behind cloud hiding and stuff like that. You know, peekaboo cloud fighting. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that was some of the again some of the best uh, choreographed uh, dog fighting for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, that was, that was going through those clouds. And the scene where he goes through the ice tunnel and just, you know, slides across the ice, I thought, th- I thought that was very cool. All up until he falls into the spider pit. Yeah. Let's talk about these spiders. Because <laughs> um, first of all, when you see the little pods and you see Baby Yoda going in there trying to get, you know, he's always mm-hmm. hungry apparently. Of course, Alien pops into mind because that's totally. the, i was like oh he's gonna get a face hugger and yep and it looked almost exactly like a face hugger tentacles and all but he just eats it like again you know if it's smaller if it fits in his mouth he's gonna eat it so yeah, yeah. i think again that's his, his his moral line is can i can i eat this <laughs> or, or or not and um and uh and, oh and also yeah uh, she, uh the the amphibian mommy found a nice a heated spring, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And she just got, you know, got, you know, au natural and just threw her eggs in there and said, yeah, we're, we're just going to chill out for a while. It's, it's it, a safe choice. Yeah, exactly. You know, on this planet where you don't know what anything is. But, um, uh, and again, yeah. we're very lucky that all these planets just happen to have oxygen. Again, you know, but I'm going to skip all the science. <laughs> yeah. um, but r- what's funny is when the spiders started coming out and then coming at at them reminded me of the reboot of lost in space movie with mm. william hurt and okay. they had like all those little biomechanic spiders that were just coming in swarms mm-hmm. and it is kind of you know terrifying to just have spiders upon spiders sure, rushing yeah. you. and so, um and, and i think one of the reasons that that was shot so scarily and worked so well was um the director for this episode i believe was peyton reed what's he done ant-man well then there's that there's the the ant um exactly uh, dr what's his face yeah because they so you've got that. all that that kind of the familiarity that he has kind of you know shooting those you know lots of quick little creatures and the, the angles and just how you know well that was done that was definitely i would say peyton reed interesting yeah uh well but then that's a little twum and knows with that big gambling ant because that reminds me of the ant that was playing drums in Ant-Man mm-hmm. uh, in, in Wasp. Yep. So, yep. all right. That, that, yeah, that checks out then. Yep. You know, um, Although those, those uh, ice spider designs, if you will, are, they're old Star Wars designs. Um, I want to say uh, Ralph McQuarrie designed them back for some of the original series work that he did, but never ended up using them. Hmm. Um, and um, Dave Filoni, who works obviously on this one but also did uh um the clone wars and rebels um these spiders show up in star wars rebels a number of times um Mm. uh, specifically episodes where i want to say it's ezra and uh sabina wren are kind of you know just i don't know what they're doing or looking for it's been a while since i've watched rebels um but again with with the frequency with which it seems that Dave Filoni is now using creatures and characters from his animated series and crossing them over into live action. Um, it's really, really cool to see. Interesting. And, uh, again, here's the sad thing. I've never seen Rebels. Um, I saw little parts of Clone Wars, but, uh, you know, I, I, got, I, got, I guess now, you know, now that it's all on Disney, I'll probably start checking it out bit by bit since I've re- re-upped my subscription just for Mandalorian, you know, uh, I'll start seeing, you know, getting my money's worth, but 
Interesting. Um, so yeah, the that that again, I like that because that does make uh, a lot of sense in regards to that spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't crazy, like I was saying earlier, about the effects. It looked a little really CG. Well, obviously it's CG, but yeah, yeah, because in, in such a practical effects set, and uh, it just it seemed a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it is it was what it was. I did like when the mother, you know, the gecko mom. Uh, you know, or the Geico lady, um, <laughs> you know, she's running and she's not making much progress. So she just goes all fours, goes yeah. back to the, yep. back to the natural position and she's just, you know, leapfrogging it. And yep. I thought that was funny. Um, uh, and I also liked, uh, when they were just about to take off cause he did some repairs and like, Ooh, let's get out of here. And they just slowly start getting up and you're like, they're going to make it, they're going to make it. And boom. Mm-hmm. The, the big mother spider comes and just you know suplexes them and then they're stuck back and again totally destroying the ship oh yeah that ship's not going anywhere ever again you wouldn't think so you, no no but i guess not, you, you get a welding torch and you sure you can just fix it but uh yeah uh any anything else like eric anything else jump out at you that you liked in this one like effects or storylines or or character development in this particular scene or oh no just in the, the, in the, the this episode okay so there are a couple things i wanted to just touch on uh one the flight skills of the mandalorian i i wasn't buying that i don't know i'm just thinking about you know the age of this individual and the amount of physical uh training that he's gone through and then he's got these flight skills that he can outmatch like a an x-wing you know I'm, yeah he I, was he was out maneuvering two x-wing fighters in I, a I, i'm without light speed too so mm-hmm. i did not buy that while i appreciated the imagery um i would have liked for him to be a little bit more clunky and maybe run into one of them or just i don't know um, so that I definitely wanted to, to put that out there because that was something that uh, dawned on me when I was watching the episode. Um, and then the other part that I found curious uh, was the the moment when um, they had uh, Mandalorian and um, Baby Yoda held up. At you know, at gunpoint, basically. Yes, the the uh, ambush that, that you know, yeah, the ambush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Uh, the you know, with the with the whole rope and and that that deal. Um, and I especially like to see that one creature, which I believe was a Jawa, uh, without the full uh, hood. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Logan, because I, I could mm-hmm. totally be off base, but um, I felt like that was a Jawa without the the front uh, like covering that little creature. It had like the it had like the metal face. I I've seen other aliens like that though. Um, oh, really? it has, I, I think like that's the metal- just a, a case of reusing convenient costuming. Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't think it's a actual Jawa without that. I think it's just, you know, reusing costume pieces in, in different creatures. Okay. All right. Cool. And, and I don't know and, if J- J- I don't know if Jawas roll like that where they, you know, they basically start, you know, taking hostages and stuff. I mean, aren't they just barters, you know, that... that Good point. Good I point. could be wrong. I could be. Yeah. I don't want to generalize. Well, I mean, I always felt like those red eyes were part of a mask when i i don't know growing up i always felt like that was some kind of uh mechanism that they had used um and it would put out those those red eyes but hmm. you know underneath it all you'd take off the 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 cloth the, the the blanket and then and then the metal the, the uh the robotic kind of mask would come off and who knows or what's underneath there um so anyway, no, I, I can see that too because Star they, Wars mystery. Yeah, no, they 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 um well, Logan, do they have any um like um 
specs on Jawa, like, you know, what's under that hood, or have they ever revealed that? Because, no, I, I hear you 100%, Eric. And, and to that point, uh, that, that, like we said in last week's yeah. episode, that is a harsh place to live. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that respirators and some sort of a mask to protect you from the environment is pretty standard. So, yeah, I, I could see that. I don't know. Um, that's that. Those were those are the things uh, that I kind of had on my radar, and then um, I'll just put out a saying that uh, I, I don't know if we picked it up on the internet or whatever, but it's uh, protect, snack, attack, nap, and that's what, what Baby Yoda does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby Yoda. I mean, and again, Baby Yoda. They do no. Don't forget during the ambush, Baby Yoda did take a tumble, and I know I know that's just for like us to feel the the mm-hmm. drama of the moment. Yeah, but he was fine. I mean, Baby Yoda. Remember, everybody was yeah. everybody was ready to kill. Um, what's his name? Uh, because the two actors that played the stormtroopers back in the first season that were just basically literally mm-hmm. punching the bag with Baby Yoda in it. The internet went crazy. They were trying to get. I think it was um, Andy Sedakis, and um, and the other and, and I, some other actor. But mm-hmm. they were like you know character actors that people know, and they were getting like threats on Twitter and stuff for literally hitting a puppet. And uh, wasn't it Simon Pegg that was like a stormtrooper in some in in some of Simon uh, Pegg was the. Uh, this would be in. The Force Awakens. Yeah, he right. was on Jack Who. He was actually the traitor, I believe, who Ray would sell the scrap to in order to get her her blow up food bread bowls or whatever. Yes, oh, I'm pretty okay. sure that's who Simon Pegg was. In that that's one. exactly oh, what was. Yeah, I've seen some behind the scenes footage. But what, Eric, you're you're close. Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper in. Uh, you you tell me which one, Logan, because I the names in the in the last trilogy I can't remember. Uh, it was I don't it, remember which one. It was it was the um, yeah. He was a stormtrooper. That's all I know is that Daniel Craig was because everybody just wanted to be in it. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's. But again, same thing with this ep- episodic um, breakdown of Mandalorian. I mean, like I said last week, John Leguizamo mm-hmm. uh, was in it, uh, and and in this one, um, oh, and then. Uh, John Leguizamo and, and um, Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant. So a lot of actors just yeah. probably grew up with Star Wars. So it's just the honor of being in the universe mm-hmm. as well as some of their careers kind of, like I said, never really popped. So and, yeah. And not? this one too, if you remember from first season when they had the raid on that prison facility where they broke out uh, the people and the, the X-Wings that came in after that, um, I don't know if both of them were the same, but I know the one X-Wing uh, pilot uh, who went by the name Trapper Wolf um, is actually Dave Filoni, who is one of the executive producers of the show. Oh. Have, I, have I seen Dave Filoni because that name sounds You've familiar. seen him before in, again, in that other episode. He was an X-Wing pilot who was coming into the uh, prison facility or whatever after Mando was leaving. Huh. All right, I gotta go. Ch- I gotta go rewatch. Yep. But yeah, he was in this one again as an X-wing pilot again, and um, again another, you know, little nod to everything that he was. He was literally blasting characters that he had brought over from animation to real life. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I think everybody's trying to do those winks and nods because even um, what was it the what was the last one in the um, the cinematic series? Rise of Skywalker. Okay, then it wasn't that one. It was Last the one. Jedi? Uh, <laughs> these names kill me. Uh, yeah, I think it was the Last Jedi. Yes, where Mark Hamill uh, stood in front of the uh, the um, who directed that? The Last Jedi. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Okay, in the scene where they were, you know, dug in the trenches on that salt planet. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson was the guy that literally is in the trenches and he picks up some of the salt he's like, salt that that was his contribution yeah. to the film oh really wow yeah yeah it was he did a cameo in his own film which is you know very m night Shyamalan, you know right. 
Alfred Hitchcock as more common just, than not. Yeah, exactly. It was it was just funny just because it was such a meaningless scene. But I guess also that was some interesting exposition because you didn't know if it was snow or ice or something. Mm -hmm. so he literally had to put it in his mouth. Say, oh, this is salt. Just so you know at home, because it's white, it's salt. And um, now we uh, know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I did actually like, you know what also that ambush scene reminded me of? The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. Hmm. You know, kind of a wasteland. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see that, Logan? I have not seen that one. Uh, pretty, I mean. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It had Gary Oldman in it. And I love him. And but again, it was a post-apocalyptic. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you knew you knew the the other party was completely outmatched before. You know, there, there's no question. It was yeah. it, that he was going to get his rocket pack uh, yeah. back. It was just how, I, how soon was that going to happen? I did like that because you know he's like, yeah, take it, and then he yeah. just go. He he remotes. He drones it, and he's like, yeah, all right, you know, and and. He, he landed it very, you know, s you know, specifically. In mm, yeah. But when I see him flying, he doesn't seem to be flying that, <laughs> that, that well. But you know, right. yeah, yeah. It, it, it was good. I, 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 I appreciated that scene. I, I like again how they take, and I, I, I don't think cliche is the best term, but um, standard. Uh, conflicts that you find in, in all kinds of wanderer, western, yeah. loner, you know, mm -hmm. man against the uh, the environment because there's always some, somebody's always trying to lay siege to you. So somebody's always either trying to cheat you or attack you or take what's yours. So it's always just you against the world. So I appreciate that they go through all of those scenarios where, yeah, of course, marauders are going to try and ambush you and just take what you have. And how do you deal with that? If you're, you know, a badass, you, you know, you, you know, kick their butts and then, yeah, it, it let me put it this way. I didn't see anything I haven't seen before, but it, it, it's still entertaining. And, and I think, I think you, there's, there's, there's a connection there too. Um, in my mind with the rocket pack and the rocketeer, um, Oh, oh. Rocketeer is he's a character that's kind of based back in the 30s and the 40s and that in that pulp time period, you know. And I'd be curious to see if George Lucas ever made mention of that hmm. kind of thing when he was designing Boba Fett, or if Lucas was even in charge of in designing Bo Boba Fett. I don't hmm. know. I'm but, sure he signed uh, off on it though, you know. Yeah, but there's I, I feel like the when I watch the Mandalorian flying around like that, especially with that helmet, and being a big Rocketeer fan and Jennifer Connelly fan, um, you know that there's definitely a connection there. Uh, I didn't me. even make that. Con you, you're right. I with the helmet on, and yeah, he does look a lot like the Rocketeer. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, but into that point. Uh, because Lucas was so influenced by, obviously, like we, we did back in the day, our, the Kurosawa films, you know, the, the loner. Uh, and you know, something not to totally go back, back on our, on our episode, but you mentioned something, Logan, in, in when we were viewing the first episode of, of season two of The Mandalorian, mm -hmm. where when he was walking into town, the people yeah. came to the forefront. They didn't like lurk back in the shadows. Right. And I was thinking when you said that, that's exactly what happened in um, Yojimbo when mm -hmm. he came into town and you know everybody but again that's that's been translated over to western cliche whenever you come into a town everybody's just looking at you and either they come out to greet you or they they shut the the shutters yeah, and like yep. they leer at you you know like this is somebody who's going to help us or this is somebody i'm not too sure about but mm -hmm. uh yeah uh and darn it what was my point i'm sure i had a brilliant point it just escapes me um, no, I think you're just connecting like uh, the the Mandalorian, oh. kind of to uh, pulpy yes. subject matter well, things that are and things that Lucas may have been inspired by. One hundred percent right. Yes, he was inspired by obviously the the westerns and Flash Gordon, and and a lot of those um, oh. yeah, a lot of those had jetpacks and 
the you know the world of tomorrow type of a feel so no no i i can see directly where you know that might have influenced him for the design of a of mm -hmm. boba fett we may we may have to look into that i mean since we're doing this in depth on mandalorian start to get a little more um, bona fides on the designing of the mandalorian armor and he did mm -hmm. that and and the whole mythology of it i mean if we're going to be true true sci-fi nerds you know yeah. right now i'm just you know dabbling in the nerd but i might as well go all in okay so i have a question for logan okay um i have a question for you in regards to boba fett around the return of the jedi time period my question okay. is um when he went into the sarlacc pit do you feel like the empire was still kind of after him as an individual like a wanted man do i think the empire was after boba fett himself were they ever after he was working with the empire wasn't he well i mean they were the 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 mercenaries are always playing where the money is right i mean mm -hmm. the bounty hunters are they were not always going to be under the empire's wing yeah they were know? like contractors yeah they, right. they just yeah but, yeah. but so, an empire they hired boba fett okay right he was one yeah, of the right. group that they hired right okay so do you feel like i mean so he when he was not being hunted by the empire i i don't feel that he was at that time no okay um but okay. at the same time i feel like he's you know much like the mercenary guild is now and that was shown in the season one of the mandalorian they're up for hire yeah look they they're they're not your typical you know uh typical criminals you know, right. They have rules. They have chips. They have medallions of who they have to go after for what. Right. I feel like they're being portrayed to be at home, whether they're getting paid by the Republic or the New Republic or the Empire or whoever. I feel like they're almost more of a business entity than they are anything like that. So okay. no, I would say his his uh, at the end of of Return of the Jedi, he was doing his work and and. That was the cost right. of doing work. So no, I don't think he was being pursued or or uh, otherwise targeted by the Empire. Yeah, okay. and, and I don't ever thought he, and maybe I missed it, but I don't remember him being targeted by the Empire in that respect. I remember, I think it was like kind of a uh, 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 merging of um, objective where he was already trying to get Han Solo to take back to Jabba and Han Solo was with Luke and Vader wanted Luke. So it was kind of like just a, a parallel objective. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I remember that um, uh, Darth Vader was saying to Boba Fett, you know, um, you know, test out the carbonite on Han and then you can have your prize. And, um, and then we, and once we know that it works, we'll use it to um, get Luke. So okay. I know, I, I think there are objectives who are aligned, but I never thought that they were. Because what, what, what I'm trying to see is if this might be a situation where uh boba fett is trying to fake his own death basically ah right? okay so he he we we know that he went into the sarlacc pit there's no doubt about that right but like maybe like oh it's an insurance somehow a, he's like yeah. i'm not gonna tell anybody that i got no, out it's you an know? insurance scam i get it yeah that's so so that's that's why i was asking that question because i'm not sure if he had maybe had somebody after him or whatever and he wanted to like just do fake his own death that's that's a, another hypothesis i have yeah no um, i can say i could i could definitely see yeah. him but but i could see him either faking his own death or kind of the uh like obi-wan did i mean Obi-Wan did go there to watch after Luke, kind of. Mm -hmm. But he also did kind of a self-imposed exile. Is that like a thing where Absolutely. you where you kind of fail and you just say, oh, I'm going to just, just, you know, sequester myself to a rock? Or, I mean, yeah. Luke did that too. Mm -hmm. And did, uh, and so did Yoda. So, yeah. but they are Jedi. I'm not trying to, you know, conflate the two, but mm -hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe when he had that comical episode where his jetpack threw him into the sarlacc pit he's like yeah i'm, I'm just hanging it up 
I mean, it would be an expensive cost to lose his armor and his, you know, helmet and everything he was just to fake his own death to live. I feel like he, he, I don't know, maybe he was that self-serving enough, but if there was anybody after him, the only possible thing that I can think of might be the rest of the huts if for some reason they felt he contributed to Jabba's downfall and they cared enough to exact any sort of revenge or anything for that. Um, okay. We saw a little bit more of of the, the way the, the hut cartel kind of works and operates in definitely in Clone Wars. Uh, I don't remember if they were in Rebels or not. Um, and it's, you know, as dysfunctional a family as ever, so it's kind of no fun peeking behind that curtain. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like that could be the only thing, whereas, you know, this, you know, this bounty hunter that the Empire gave us, you know, didn't work out or couldn't do anything or betrayed him or whatever, and if he lives, he's targeted, you know, that sort of a thing, but I yeah. don't, that's the only thing I could imagine right now. Okay. And to that point, I mean, he is obviously in business with a lot of unsavory characters, mm -hmm. so it yeah. could be the Huts, it could be probably anybody across the galaxy that wants him dead. Uh, yeah, right. I, yeah, I mean, but you know what, I think and, that that will be revealed. I'm making a uh, prediction that will be revealed in, in this season. Mm. And let's remember, right, because he's not tech, he's not a Mandalorian. Right. So he would be yeah. taking his helmet off and putting it on and off and on. And so people could know who he is, right? So if he faked his mm -hmm. own death, then uh, he's like, he's like Batman. he would just go into exile or something like that. You know? Yeah, sure. And hopefully nobody would recognize him. Anyway. Uh, the, yeah. the one interesting thing on I will say about that, um, if you go to that IMDB page, it doesn't mm -hmm. say Boba Fett anymore. Ooh. What? Don't do that to me. Really? They took it off. Oh wow, this oh, is juicy. They probably watched oh, yes. the episode and realized they messed up. And I, uh, you know, I mean, it's very possible they wanted their uh, their options open. Yeah, yeah. Because again, there are a lot of characters. If we're pulling from Clone Wars and um, Rebels that Tamir Morrison voiced and played. There are lots and lots of clones that have their own incredible personalities and storylines and baggage that they come with that they could, you know, should still be living and existing in this time period that uh, they could want to pull in. So, and, and I don't doubt it, uh, but I, I'm sticking to my guns and I'm saying that based on just the storytelling, I don't think they're... I don't think they're being that complex. I, I think you're probably right, because I think, you know, what would be better than throwing a, a first season of a Boba Fett series in between Mando 2 and 3? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they almost greenlit a Boba Fett movie, right? So there's people want to know more about Boba Fett. Absolutely. You know, so... And I that could be the backdoor entrance yeah. to the rest of the characters, too, because once you have Boba Fett, you know, his story, knowing that he was the root and the base for all of those clones and the way that those clones made different choices because of their different experiences and everything along the way yeah. may set up Tamir Morrison playing not only Boba Fett in his own series, but three or four different clones in, in this one. Or who knows? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They could do like a multiplicity and just yeah, have, you know... Completely. Yeah, clone on clone on clone. And, and I did, I did, when I did see the Clone Wars, I did, I forget which episode it was, but they were kind of like, you know, uh, they stepped away from the whole empire and they were just living on like a, a desolate planet, kind of like that. And they had their own characters and they did like a final stand against the empire. Mm. I, do, I do remember that. So it, it's interesting that it, they could go anywhere with that. That yeah. entire storyline, which, which is, you know, one of the great things about this being a non- Mm -hmm. Skywalker, you know, storyline is it, it can go anywhere. And, and yeah, I'd love to see something like that. But again, I've been a big fan of, um, of tomorrow more Morrison. That's his name, right? Tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. Yes. Uh, uh, for those who don't know his, um, his history, the first time I ever saw him in a film, it was back in the day. He came out with a film called once we were warriors, a very, uh, indie budget um, New Zealand film, and he played a character called Jake the Muss that was just phenomenal. And I definitely recommend to go see it. It's called Once We Warriors. 
And uh, yeah, that's my first introduction to him. And then I think uh, I hadn't seen him for a while, but <laughs> he's also Aquaman's father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Jason Momoa. So yep, th there you go. He, he's still and, and for those those family oriented of you, he's uh, Chief Tui in Moana. So there you go. Did not know that. Yes, I, but I'm glad. I'm glad Disney's you know doing um, you know um, you know uh, ethnic uh, casting and make you know trying to make sure that the cast members are reflect reflected you know behind the microphones as well. You know that's that, that is good. I'm I'm glad he's working because you know just phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I can't say enough good things about that film. So it's probably one of my top 20 films of all time, uh, mm -hmm. Once Real Warriors. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we, let's see, we touched on the, the great effects, the, the eating of pickled eggs, the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, space spiders, uh, the, um, you know, the ability to Com completely fix a a spaceship that has fallen and crashed multiple times with the blowtorch, and then fly it into space, you know. Apparently, but you know, you know, yeah. All, all that aside, um, yeah. Okay, uh, guys, what what are your last thoughts on this? Uh, you know, it, it, again, we 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 gone over kind of like the broad strokes, but mm -hmm. any last thoughts on this? Because uh, we we got to keep these short if we're going to be doing one every week and and making them entertaining and quick. Um, I got nothing else really about the episode itself. I mean, I think it was again. I'm I'll, I'll reserve, I guess, final judgment for the end of the season when I see if there was actually anything of value that contributed to the storyline here, or if it was just filler or what. Um, but as far as the actual you know, kind of a show. That was it. Um, the one thing that I did catch actually in the credits at the end, which I didn't realize or, or and I, didn't, I haven't looked into this. I don't know if this was a new thing or not, but um, the costume designer credit was listed as uh, Shauna Tripsick, mm. who did a lot of the costumes for um, Dollhouse and Buffy and a lot of the Joss Whedon type stuff. Mm. Um, and I didn't remember her having done this before. And um, I, I need to go back and look and see if I just missed it for the last nine episodes or if this was the first one but um always liked her stuff and she's just an absolutely wonderful person um uh, the good fortune to actually meet her a couple times um actually on the fox lot while they were shooting dollhouse which was really really cool um but uh yeah just a fun little um just it's a familiarity a for me of of somebody else who's uh working on it interesting now and again i i do like the um it's funny you should say that i do like the wardrobe uh, I've, you know, with every episode I'm looking, I'm studying more and more of the Mandalorian's outfit, not just the armor, but the, um, under padding and, you know, the mm -hmm. scarf he has and how it obscures even his, you don't see like any skin. He, it's, it's, yeah. it, which I find really interesting. I don't, I, I want to see, I'll have to go back and look and see if any of the Mandalorians show any skin. Um, because, you know, even like, uh, when, mm -hmm. um, Timothy Oliphant had the costume on he had like fingers exposed and stuff like that you know but I'm, I'm curious to see if that's part of their creed with it you don't show any identifying marks you know mm -hmm. at all so that, that's interesting i'll look into that uh eric good sir your thoughts i noticed some kind of uh emblem or logo or something on one of his shoulder pads mm -hmm. i don't know if you no, oh, the, yeah, the mudhorn. The mudhorn. There. What is it? That was the symbol of the mudhorn that the oh. um, the other the Mandalorian uh, uh, armorer or um, uh, metal worker created and put on his new armor, armor, um, kind of as his own little call sign of sorts, because that was, you know, what essentially cemented his, uh, I guess bond with with the child and, and need to kind of continue through that way and, and yeah to dovetail on that i do remember the mudhorn episode and i think up until that point he was looking for because one of the things i guess identifies a mandalorian is their insignia like mm -hmm. it's it, it's Ooh. almost you have to go through a rite of passage and you get a a badge yep and for lack of a better term and he, he spoke to them remember the metal smith the one that gave him his armor um, yeah, yeah. The one who had the horns on her helmet, kind of like Darth Maul, which is a whole different 
entertaining topic and reason why I'm excited that we might see Darth Maul in the future, but I digress. Are we talking about spider legs, Darth Maul? I don't know. That's a very good question. Mm. But no, I don't think so. I think we're I think we're still talking mechanical lower half Darth Maul. Yeah. But I don't think we're talking spider legs, crazy Darth Maul. Yeah, because those are like trash legs, if I recall. Didn't he make them literally out of trash? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. But, yeah. Again, the force is strong. I don't know how it keeps you from living without a lower lower GI, but uh, that's fine. Um, so, um, but to that point about you know the the. Um, the iron worker, she said to um, uh, the Mando that you need to, because he was describing his relationship with you know Baby Yoda, and she said, um, oh, he told her about when he came across the Mudhorn and had this vicious battle, and Baby Yoda saved him. Mm-hmm. And she says, "You two are bonded. That's your insignia. You're the Mudhorn guy." <laughs> so mm. she she made his armor and put that insignia on it. To you know, again, like a um, a tattoo, mm-hmm. if you will, just showing that that was you know, who he was. He was the Mudhorn insignia guy. So, and that's why she gave him the mission to reunite the child with the Jedi or its people. Uh. yeah, it, it, that that's like a apparent. I mean, again, I like the the religious act. And again, I want to say religious, but it's definitely a creed that has a lot of religious kind of oh yeah um, spiritual journey aspects to it, like. I, I go back to like indigenous Americans where you would go on a vision quest and for like a better term, find your spirit animal or mm-hmm. something like that, where you would embrace some sort of a symbol or moment and that defines you or brands you on your journey. And so I kind of think they kind of took that to heart, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the mudhorn symbol. So mm-hmm. good, good eye though that, yeah, that is uh, like his only insignia. Because I guess yeah. that's the okay. only thing that means anything to him. So, and, and again, yeah, I yeah. I love that armor. I mean, because that, that's like that mm. high end, you know, that's that baller armor. Because he gets shot in it repeatedly, and it's you know completely like, for lack of a better, laser resistant. Which is you know, if you're out there getting shot all the time, it's it's a pretty good tool to have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. When no, it works that uh, well, it yeah. looks really it looks really impressive. I mean. If it's not made out of uh, steel, stainless steel, I, I'm, I'd be surprised. You know, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, it um, is. The, what I, yeah, so for me overall, I would say with the episode, uh, you know, this was not one of my favorite episodes. I appreciated the action. I liked a lot of the details um, that they put into the episode. Um the special effects, they are on another level. Um, so yeah, like, uh, and some of the details that I, that I really liked about it was, you know, the fact that, Oh, we can't go at light speed because we've got these eggs, you know, there, and then, um, the other detail that I, that I found interesting was the, uh, the gecko lady using a computer to communicate, um, I found that interesting for me. That was interesting. Um, let's see. Yeah, that was, I think those, those are the, the main um, details that I, that I found interesting in the script, but you know, it, it wasn't the most amazing episode. So I was a little bit let down. And, and, and also, I, I want to speak to you two things. The, um, yeah, the gecko lady. And again, don't get wrong. I found that interesting. But because, you know, this episode was shorter, I don't think that they're, uh, you, you know, it, it reminds me of, uh, and for like, uh, and this is going way back, Enemy Mine. Oh, um, yes. You know, with Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. and Dennis Quaid. Randy, Dennis Quaid, yes. Dennis Quaid. And, and they, they, they had a uh, kind of a barrier, a communication barrier. And they were together so long, they were stranded together on this planet and they learned each other's language. So that was, that was impactful because it meant something you were earning, you were developing together. This, the fact that they didn't speak and all of a sudden she, it, I, I, it was interesting, but I just didn't see any, any uh, real yeah. point to it. It, mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't make any sense. It was cool to know that she was capable to hotwire a, a droid, but it's, yeah. 
it seemed like, uh, again, a, uh, a, a scenic route to get to the fact that they're communicating. And then it was way too quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they, they weren't together long enough for her, for their, uh, their, uh, lack of, um, communication to have been that much of a factor. So, I, mm -hmm. but, but again, it was interesting. And second, but secondly, I forgot his helmet. He does, he, he does have, um, like all these features in the visor that they're beginning to reveal themselves. For example, um, the heat vision when yeah. he was tracking her tracking to the, the footsteps uh, yeah yeah tracking footsteps which i found interesting um and i do remember in in the season two episode one where timothy oliphant put on boba fett's helmet and the the and i didn't i forgot to mention this the um the the um the scope comes down mm -hmm. so he can use the rocket yep. on his jetpack to take out um um that uh those that ship or whatever yeah the mining or, cartel the mining cartel thank you that visor coming down looks so reminiscent of Luke Skywalker putting on the targeting um, visor, you know, when he was going mm -hmm. after the Death Star. It just that whole, you know, lock on. It, it, it was an interesting thing because I never knew what that did on Boba Fett's helmet. But, you know, because, you know, nobody really thinks about a helmet having all this tech in it, except for when um, Predator came out. And Predator, yes. yeah, and Predator yeah. had like all this heat vision, different prisms of light you can see, stuff like that, mm -hmm. echolocation, blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting to see a lot. They're slowly revealing a lot of the tools that he has. I mean, his stinger missiles, uh, the heat vision in his in his helmet. Because uh, um, you see lights and stuff going off. I'm like, what, what, what's all this do? You know, it's it's because I remember when his first armor was compromised, it had circuitry underneath it. So there's probably just a lot of things that they're going to be revealing in regards to the functionality of his armor yeah. in general. So I, I did dig that. Um, I, I agree with you, again, like we did in the beginning of this. I thought it was much ado about nothing. Well shot. Yeah. You know, a lot of great mm -hmm. effects. But the story didn't really mean anything to me. And again, I, I, I want to be, uh, I'll be clear on this. I enjoy watching these, but because they're like these 30, 40, 60 minute episodes where you need to have everything wrapped up by the time it's done, you don't really get the, the, uh, the quality of storytelling that you would in, 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 in something with a little more drama. And it's again, a little it's too episodic, yeah. It's, it's, very, yeah, it's, it's, it's very a team to mm. go back in the 80s where you know, <laughs> yeah. you're in a situation here's your objective and then you just go in but everything's wrapped up and that's the thing is because everything needs to get wrapped up you have to do shortcuts through some really interesting um points that could be you know dragged out so but again uh, uh, it's it's better than you know i was i was expecting so i'm, I'm happy with you know what they're putting out there and um and, yeah and, and again looking forward to uh episode three so so anyway it looks like it looks like we may be losing eric hmm? no there he is nope. all right he's back well gentlemen another great episode you know love love hearing your thoughts and getting some insight logan giving us uh some behind the scenes information in regards to costume design and eric you know knowing knowing the mudhorn story so yeah, no, 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 it, it, exactly. You know, we're sharing, we're learning, we're growing. And, um, and I think we all agree that uh, Baby Yoda it, it just has no moral boundaries when it comes to consumption. So, you know, he will eat anything. They all, and he does. Yeah, spiders, <laughs> frogs, eggs, you know, it, and raw too. You know, he's, he's kind of like, mm -hmm. is, that, is that the paleo? I don't know, but he's, he's doing his own thing. Um, anyway. Can it be dead though? Like, does it have to be live? Well, no, he was drooling at that um, uh, dragon steak. So, I, I, yeah, okay. I think, no, yeah, I think he's just, uh, just like food. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it, it, it's um, I'm, I'm trying to think of. Oh, and, and geez, this is horrible that I even know this. In um, Teen Titans, uh, there is a worm, a silky, that would eat anything. And, and yeah. It's it's the kids' Teen Titans, not the the cooler you know teenager Teen Titans. But mm. 
yes, uh, that's the thing that makes me think of it, just like this little cute thing that consumes anything in its path. But anyway, people out there, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We will be back for episode three to discuss, you know, all of the Mandalorian lore. Hopefully they have a great storyline with a little less, you know, um, fetal eating and stuff like that. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, you know, again, great, great effects. So-so storytelling, but good reveals. All in all, I would think so. Um, and um, there's some stuff going out there in the going on out there in the real world, but, but we don't talk about that here because this is a place where we can escape what's going on. Let's just say there's some interesting developments going on on society. So turn on the news and you can see what's happening out there. But this is a place where we can enjoy Star Wars and the Mandalorian and other movies. So we appreciate you coming here to enjoy this time with us. Um, we will see you next time. Be sure to take care of each other, take care of yourselves. And remember, if it's worthwhile, it's worth binging.